The Deeper Dig is sponsored by VITA, the Vermont Economic Development Authority. Since 1974, VITA has provided financing assistance to thousands of Vermont businesses, entrepreneurs, farm and forestry enterprises, renewable energy producers, and many others. VITA's role is simple, to help businesses grow and create good jobs. They work closely with banks, credit unions, and other lenders to develop financing solutions that help promote a vibrant and diverse economy. If you want to grow your business, head to VEDA.org and let VITA help you. From VT Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, a state program to house Vermonters who would otherwise be homeless in vacant motel rooms during the pandemic is in limbo, again. More than 500 families who would have been kicked out in late September got a 30-day reprieve. But with a new deadline just weeks away and few options available for affordable apartments or shelter beds, where are this program's participants going to go? Lana, thanks for jumping on. Thank you for having me. Lana Cohen has been reporting on the motel housing program from Chittenden County. You have been going out and talking to some of the people who are staying in hotels and motels in your area. What have you been hearing? Overall, I've really been hearing that there's a lot of anxiety and stress over the constant deadlines involved in the motel program and the large amount of unknowns associated with the program. Participants definitely expressed that they feel that they don't have a lot of information and they're never really aware of what's coming down the line next for them. And after talking with state officials, that really makes a lot of sense because there's also a lot of unknowns at the state level. So how does that impact them? You know, how do they say that that makes their day-to-day situation more challenging? I think it's really just this big weight, this big anxiety and weight on their shoulders, just knowing that they have a roof over their head on one day, but they don't know when that will go away. And they don't know what that will mean for them. And they don't know what's coming next. Well, I'll tell you, I've I've done housing now in three counties. This is the third county. One participant I spoke to's name is Kelly Kens. He has been on the hunt for subsidized housing for four to five years, he said. Because, you know, I move around. You go wherever the housing, like I moved to uh, this county up here because there was no hotels to place me that night in um, Montpelier or Barry, Washington County. So I got on a bus and come to Chittenden County. Well, I get here and I just figure, okay, let's do housing here too. There's a lot of opportunity around here. I'm disabled, should be able to get subsidized housing. That's all I want. He is disabled. He was working a construction job years ago and a piece of equipment fell on him and damaged his back with kind of disastrous consequences. He has bone spurs and chronic pain and a lot of issues that keep him from working a full-time job and from working construction jobs, which is what he had done in the past. Living in the woods don't work good for me. I go downhill really, really fast. Yeah, I use uh, fish and game accesses, parking lots. You know, the cops would come around. It's hard. 
move you. Can't be here. Can't be. Can't be anywhere. Can't be anywhere. So he has been on the hunt for subsidized housing for many years. He said that he is on housing lists in multiple counties, and he recently got denied for housing from the Burlington Housing Authority. He is on Social Security disability benefits, so he does receive around $900 each month. But what he said is that even if he could find a place to live for $900 a month, he would likely be left with very little to provide for other necessities. So I'm very uh, stressed out and have anxiety and things like that about this housing because I keep falling through the cracks. That's all I've done for four or five years is falling through the cracks. I definitely talked to some people who seemed almost kind of numb to it. They were like, they said things such as, when I get denial letters from housing, when I get all this information, it takes me a few days to even pick it up and read it because I'm just so stressed out about it. Other people I spoke to definitely feel more angry at the state and like this motel program and the way homeless people are being treated in general has kind of failed them. I think this whole program is fucked up. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. I am disgusted at the way the homeless people are being treated here and at every other hotel. And to Mindy, which is an alias, is another person that I spoke with. And she has been struggling with housing for many years. She's been in the specific motel that she's in now since October of 2020. It's very clear that she is anxious and scared and also extremely frustrated and angry. She said that if and when she has to leave the motel program, she plans on taking her tent and camping in front of the state house in Montpelier. I'm going to go park my tent on the Montpelier grass. No joke. I want them to know how bad it is. Mindy recently, in, within the past year, had received a housing voucher from the state. And I think she was really frustrated because it was the first time she had received a housing voucher, but there was just nothing for her to rent. There's nothing to rent in Champlain, in the Champlain Valley, like, and to lose your voucher because there isn't an apartment of it. Like, there was nothing to rent. You couldn't even go look at apartments. So it was this really frustrating situation where she received this help from the state, but there was no way and nowhere for her to use it. And that's what brought her back to the motel program. I think Mindy, like many people, they don't really want to be in the motel program. They want to be in permanent housing. I think every single person across the board, from state officials to advocacy organizations to the people participating in this program, they don't think that this is a good long-term solution, but they don't understand what the state expects of them if they have to leave the motel program when there's no housing available. Right. If everyone's kind of in agreement that permanent housing for people would be the ideal solution, what are the barriers to making that happen? Part of it is just how long it takes to build new housing. From the decision phase that you're going to start a project and getting permits and talking with communities to actually putting the final touches on a building 
it just takes a while that it just, everybody says that it's their priority right now to build housing. And they're talking about it on the state level. Chittenden County towns are talking about it. Everybody knows that this is an issue and that this has been an issue for a very long time in Vermont. This is not new. The pandemic just really showed what a desperate situation we are in. When we come back, why the recent extension of the motel housing program may not be enough. Just a quick message from our underwriters, Bold Ideas from Vermont. A global pandemic has forced us to rethink almost every aspect of our lives. So where should we look for inspiration? On his new podcast, Bold Ideas from Vermont, host David Roth thinks the solutions are closer to home than you might think. Along with co-host Meg Polite and special guests, David discusses the bold ideas grounded in Vermont know-how that can help us not only survive, but thrive. Listen and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Go to boldideaspod.com. That's boldideaspod.com. On September 17th, about a week before eligibility was about to expire for most families, the state official who oversees the motel program testified before the Joint Fiscal Committee of the legislature. Sean Brown, the commissioner of the Department for Children and Families, was there to discuss the $2,500 checks that participants receive when they're forced to leave their rooms. And so we anticipate that there will be about 543 households that will be um, uh, exiting the program and eligible for that payment. By this point, advocates for people who were facing that deadline had begun to pressure the state to push it back. Mary Hooper, a state representative from Montpelier, who chairs that committee, told the commissioner that she was deeply concerned about kicking people out. That is the plan that was in place back in May when we were looking at the virus consequences of it going down. Um, Again, we don't have an action here, but I personally am deeply concerned about sticking to a plan that is likely to put a large number of people essentially back on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brown said that in a matter of weeks, the motel rooms for homeless Vermonters wouldn't be there. But we don't, we cannot control the decisions of private businesses. Mm-hmm. And so we have 900 rooms today. I think we're going to have about 650 in several weeks as the, as the tourist season and the season comes up here. And I believe we will even have less available when the ski season happens. So within that dynamic, it's hard to say we'll extend someone uh, three months when I can't guarantee I'll have a room for them in three days. Lana says that argument didn't land with people who have been advocating for the state to extend this program even further than September. It was estimated that around 600 people were slated to lose their rooms on Thursday, September 23rd. And advocates just said that there is no way that motels are losing 600 rooms on Thursday. And that whatever amount of rooms are left available, those should be used to house homeless Vermonters, because otherwise those people would be out on the streets. There are no shelter beds. There are no options for permanent affordable housing. And so kicking them out of the motel program was just almost automatically assuring that they would be on the streets. And advocates are definitely voiced their specific concern about 
homeless Vermonters with disabilities or homeless Vermonters at particularly high risk to contract COVID-19 and become very sick because being out on the streets would obviously have an adverse impact on many of their issues. When the legislature approved the administration's plan to offer benefits for only 84 days, circumstances were really different. But what it really came down to was that they just didn't believe it was necessary to put people on the streets. And that if there was a way for the state to put a roof over these people's heads rather than kick them out onto the streets of Vermont, then that's what should be done. What happened next? So after advocates pushed really hard on the state, the state decided to put a 30-day pause on the motel program. Uh, it will give us an opportunity uh, to uh, to re-engage and make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons. So uh, we thought we were all on the same page. We all had the same goal, um, but that seems to be fracturing uh, as we get closer to the date. So I thought it was a good idea to uh, to just pause this for 30 days and uh, we'll, we'll come to uh, bring everybody together. You mean like a 30-day extension? I mean a 30-day pause uh, on this. We will- so a 30-day pause really just means that participants in the motel program get another 30 days before they come to the same ending. But it does provide social workers, housing workers, and motel participants to use that time to fill out the appropriate forms that could provide them with a 30-day extension in the program. Got it. But that puts us towards late October. It seems likely that we'll essentially be having the same conversation that we're having right now about a large number of people who seem to have no other place to go. Yes. I think that this really comes back to what you said earlier when you were discussing how this has just been something that we've been in for a while, that this was a big discussion that happened in July. And now we're having this discussion again. And yes, I would anticipate that this conversation will be pretty similar in around 30 days because there just isn't going to be a significant amount of more affordable housing available at that time. Champlain Housing Trust, which is the biggest landlord of affordable housing in the state, they don't have anything new coming online in the next three months. And although they have units coming online in the next 12 to 18 months, that's not going to help anybody in 30 days. I would say we, every evening, you know, exceed what would be considered our, you know, official occupancy, if you will. You know, I think um, we're set up to handle really about 50 people per night. That's that's um, what our original intention was. But, you know, we, uh, on a, you know, every evening basis, probably see between 55 and 60 people on site and then are turning away people too. So one other group of people that I've spoken with is operators of shelters. And Kevin Pounds, who runs a new place, a shelter program out of Burlington, he said that every single night the facility is over capacity and they're turning people away. And he is particularly concerned about this now happening in September because it's not even cold yet. There's not snow on the ground. It's well above freezing. And the conditions are pretty good, but still there is just this enormous need for a shelter bed to stay in. And so he's extremely concerned about what's going to happen when the weather turns and when 
at least a few hundred people are forced out of the motel program. He doesn't know where those people are supposed to go. I guess my biggest concern is that maybe there's an impression that this is just a homeless services agency problem um, instead of looking at it as like a community-wide challenge, if that makes sense. Yeah, could you elaborate on that? Well, I think it's, it's people can look at it and go like, oh, well, you know, a new place or COT or Spectrum or, you know, Champlain Valley Office of Economic Opportunity. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the groups that, that in some ways provide shelter or, or support services to people in shelter. It's like, hey, it's their job to fix this. And when all those nonprofits are at capacity, and that there's a bigger systemic issue when it comes to not enough housing being available, not even enough shelter space being available, right? That's not just a specific group of nonprofits challenge to fix. That's, that's really a community-wide challenge. He's worried because he thinks that many people will head to Burlington. It's the population center. It's the center of many social services and human services in Vermont. And so it really is the place that makes the most sense to come to, but there's just nowhere to stay. There are no houses available. There are no apartments available. The housing market is so tight. And as many people express to me, people that are in the motel program are are competing against others for those houses. They're competing against college students and dual income families. And so The question is, who's going to get those apartments that are available? And many people worry that it will not be these most vulnerable Vermonters. You know, like if you just like, okay, this this many people are going to be exiting motels, this many units. And we all agree that people need to be in long-term housing, not in emergency shelters. I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. In fact, I wish we had less of a need for emergency shelters, even though we run one. I think that the reality of it is short term is there's got to be a place for for the people exiting the motels to go and having them exit without us having increased shelter capacity statewide seems like a really dangerous way to approach this winter i remember earlier this year when the state of emergency was coming to an end that a lot of advocates who work on poverty on housing on hunger kind of projected that some kind of rocky transition was ahead as a lot of these different types of aid programs were winding down and they didn't want to see things just revert to the way they were before COVID. It seems though, like the way that this is playing out, that there's not an easy answer as to how that happens, as to how we keep people from just reverting to exactly where they were back in 2019. Does that seem fair? I would say that seems fair. I mean, of course, across the country and across the state and across the world, the pandemic really brought to light many of the disparities that were just a little more hidden in the shadows before the pandemic. And in Vermont, one of the really big problems that has gained more attention and has become just way more present and prevalent during the pandemic is the lack of affordable housing and the situation that homeless Vermonters are in. And 
although many local municipal governments and the state government says that that's something that they're really working on, this is a problem that Vermont has had for a very long time. And so, you know, the question of if and when enough affordable housing will be available in Vermont to support the population and especially vulnerable Vermonters and disabled Vermonters and homeless Vermonters, I don't think anybody really knows when the appropriate amount of affordable housing will even be available. I don't think that there is an end date on this crisis. Got it. At his weekly press conference last Tuesday, Governor Phil Scott wouldn't say whether it was likely or not that the current motel stays would be extended again. There, it isn't, there isn't one single answer. Uh, we have to make sure that there's units available. Um, we have to, uh, to see uh, what the demand is, uh, where we can uh, put different, uh, different people in different situations in different geographical areas. Um, so we're assessing all that right now. We think we're on a good path and we'll continue to work with uh, all of the, uh, the players, so to speak, in this, uh, in this area. Scott said more information would be available before the current 30-day extension is up. You can read more about the emergency housing program from Lana Cohen at vtdigger.org. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. See you then.